Greetings, this is J.R. Dickey. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. And by the way, don't forget our website, graceandtruth.net. I hope you're having a great day, but if not, hang with me. It's about to get better. Okay, today we're going to talk about peace, that is, the peace in your heart. Here we go. Bail more. Bail harder. Bail more. Bail harder. With waves tumbling over the side of the boat and the wind nearly ripping the sails, no matter how much they toiled, they were losing the battle and the little ship was about to capsize. Only a short while earlier, Jesus had told them to take the boat to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But that was then. Now, the wind and waves were threatening their very lives, and he was sleeping at the back of the boat. Sleeping! Scared, exhausted, at wit's end, they woke Jesus up, exclaiming, Master, don't you care that we're about to die? You can see this story in Mark chapter 4. Years later, Peter lay chained between two soldiers about to die once again, this time at the hands of Herod. Earlier upon the shores of Galilee, Jesus had told Peter how he would die and clearly indicated he would live to be an old man. But that was then. Now the king was intent upon execution. However, this time it was Peter who was sleeping, sleeping, sleeping so hard that the angel who came to set him free had to give him a kick just to wake him up. See Acts chapter 4. Now, how does someone facing certain death sleep so soundly? How can you and I deal with this calamitous world in which we live with that kind of peaceful confidence? In the first case... Peter was a wreck and about to be wrecked. He had heard the Lord's command to go to the other side of the sea, but the circumstances changed, and Jesus seemed to be tuned out. Well, in the second case, Peter had also heard Jesus speak concerning his life and death. But with James having just been executed, and now his own death being scheduled for the morning, again the circumstances had changed And surely he could have felt like Jesus was tuned out again, but he didn't. This time, he was behaving just like Jesus. Why was that? What was the difference? Clearly, Peter was a different man. Earlier upon the sea, he had followed Jesus. He had heard Jesus. In the second circumstance, he had followed Jesus. He had heard Jesus, but this time was very different. This time... He believed Jesus. Of course, he believed Jesus in the first circumstance as well, but it was a shallow intellectual belief, one that lacked spiritual power. In fact, Peter could assert before anyone else that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. He could follow him for years and do all that Christ commanded. He had that kind of belief, as do many Christians, but it was ultimately a shallow belief and limited belief, limited to the rational and observable. It made sense only when the circumstances made sense. And for every follower of Christ, that's a key point to understand. My granddaughter was crying the other day because the girl she went to Christian school with just a couple of years previously, 
are now sleeping around, getting drunk on liquor, high on drugs, and want nothing to do with Christianity. The very ones who had recently been honored in a Christian school as daily examples of godliness were now embracing worldliness. Sadly, this is pervasive. And in our generation, many in the church have this kind of belief. It's a belief that caves to the waves, that adapts to the circumstances, that ultimately lacks power when pressed. But Peter had become a different man. His faith at this point was deep and unshakable. Now how? Had he worked through some of his problems? Had he achieved a higher plane of sinless living? Did he find a secret prayer or a great book or a conference speaker that had delivered the answer? Nope. Quite simply, the difference in Peter was the empowering presence of God's Spirit. After the Lord's resurrection, Jesus had breathed upon him and given him the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. See John chapter 20, verse 22. And then in Acts chapter 2, Peter had received the anointing, what we call the coming upon of the Spirit, while in the upper room. You could say that the first gift of the Holy Spirit saved his soul, and the second empowered him to serve. You see, it is only by God's Spirit that we can hear Christ's word and truly believe. That is, believe despite adverse circumstances. When you surrender your heart to the Lord and ask him to forgive your sins, to save your soul, you are given the indwelling of the Holy Spirit just as the disciples were given when Jesus breathed upon them. Yet in addition to this, you have available to you the power of the Holy Spirit by way of his filling, overflowing, anointing, his coming upon. It is the power to believe and to be a testimony like Jesus in the storm or Peter in the jail cell. Now this subsequent anointing is not the same thing as your salvation. It is your power to serve, to sleep in the back of the boat or between two guards, if you know what I mean. It's timing isn't what's important. The Bible shows that this powerful anointing can come at the same time as the moment you first believe, but whether he comes upon you then or later, he is utterly supernatural and a tremendous help for selfless ministry and godly living in a godless age. Now, as our times wax worse, our circumstances as believers are not going to be without serious challenges. In these last days, the Bible declares, quote, times will wax worse and worse, and that they will be like birth pangs, ebbing, flowing, ebbing, flowing, increasing, decreasing, but still waxing worse and worse. Trials and deception will abound, and shallow intellectual belief just isn't going to cut it. But Jesus has spoken, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You know, we know the end of the story, and it's glorious. So if you haven't received the anointing, the baptism, you would, of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to simply pray 
to receive it. Talk to your pastor or elders. They can pray with you, laying their hands upon you. Study the book of Acts, and you'll learn how to discern him, the Spirit of Christ, and his work. This is important because ultimately there are fakers out there, deceivers who will lead you down a serpentine trail if you let them. They'll claim they are spirit-led, but it isn't God's spirit. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit is not a toy or game for pleasing or glorifying yourself or any other minister. Here's the clue. The Spirit will not put a spotlight on you. He is dedicated to glorifying Christ. The power of the Spirit is for service to Christ, for His glory and His alone. See Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. So whether in a storm or in a prison cell, you can sleep soundly because Christ has spoken and you absolutely believe him. You know in your knower that you can take him at his word. He has said, I love you on the cross of Calvary and that he will guide you through all life's challenges. Be filled with this spirit and be at peace. Now, may the Lord grant you this peace in the midst of any storm and faith to trust Him by His Spirit. Look for our next podcast. May you realize more of His grace today.